Every time I wake up, I get the swisher sweeter hit. Sometimes I feel I just can't survive without that lick. Hustles, you my people for necessary dealings. So when we work, we die from killers. Work be killing. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome listeners, this is Sound Only. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Micah Peters. We're your sound-only co-host here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the 21st century and the millennial lifestyle. We're talking about rap music, video games, anime, YouTube, social media, and the wider internet. This week, we're talking about Slowed and Reverb, the controversial DIY remixing style that snowballed into a large YouTube subculture in recent years. This is what it sounds like. She said I need a new whip, yeah, cause I know that you're still ballin'. She just wanna go back to the future, so I brought that girl a DeLorean. 21 minutes until I gotta go, so I told that girl I'm gonna slaughter it. Mike, I'm not gonna lie, that sound kind of familiar to me, stylistically speaking. Not entirely unprecedented, not entirely new as far as musical subcultures of the 21st century go. Yeah. I mean, like, you could just go ahead and come out and say it. It's no, like, you come out and say I mean, I'm just saying, you know. Well, well, it is, it sounds a lot like chops and screw music. Uh, oh, right, right. There right. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the urtex of slowed and reverb remixes is probably a piece that's on pitchfork by andy kush where he interviewed slater who made the song that we just listened to which is a homemade remix of Lil Uzi vert's 20 minutes which was on uh love is rage 2. anyway it surfaced on youtube in 2017 with a looped animation of a pink skeleton and then it racked up according to slater about 4 million views before it was taken down. Since it's been re-uploaded, it's racked up 7 million. But basically, the entire Slowed and Reverb genre followed after that. 
Micah, you mentioned a pink skeleton. I want to say that the 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 song choice, right? Lose mm-hmm. Bear, twenty minutes. The pink skeleton on YouTube, on a otherwise very bare YouTube channel. The pink skeleton is a very specific aesthetic. You know, it's a very millennial, very. I looked at it and immediately thought vaporwave, and <laughs> maybe I'm biased, right? Because I say I immediately thought vaporwave because. I'm literally currently wearing a vaporwave t-shirt with with Sailor Saturn holding oh, a vector. Wow. I wasn't even like and in the background yeah. I can I spy a perfect blue poster. So yeah, I know that you're you're up on vaporwave. Yeah, I'm up on vaporwave, but that's the thing is that it's that it's that family of millennial aesthetics, right? Or now I guess in you know zoomer adjacent millennial aesthetics. Um, sure. I it mean, is like a vibe. you could call it that. It yeah. is. It is. Uh, it is a very distinct vibe, right? But despite the fact that visually, it feels very modern, very post-internet, very, very teen. I'm a teen. That's right. Uh, <laughs> musically, it is drawing from something older. Yeah, it is drawn for something older. Um, in that same interview that I was talking about, Slater talks about he's from Houston and grew up listening to screw music and watching anime. Same, except Richmond, but otherwise same. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, like, same, except Baton Rouge. But anyway, the the piece also mentions that he doesn't, like, explicitly mention Screw, like, on his own channels. And he talks about Slowed and Reverb as a way to bring, like, Screw music to a wider audience. Like, he talks about being happy when he sees in the YouTube comments that people are like, Screwed music, the spirit of screw lives on and slow to reverb music. But I mean, you know, then there are the people on the other side that are just kind of like, this is gentrified screw music. Right. The Uzi song, though, came out like three years ago. The remix came out a couple years, you know, Slater's remix is a couple years old at this point. Why are we talking about this song this week? Well, because we need a foothold <laughs> and a point of reference to talk about why people were mad on the internet this past weekend. Um, Okay, so there is a TikTok account called Song Psych, and Song Psych is a music analysis outlet that, you know, breaks down sundry songs, videos, what have you. Anyway, there was a video talking about slowed and reverb music that made the rounds on the internet this past weekend and credited... Slater's 20 minutes as like the cornerstone of the slowed down remixing style. Now, when that rose to the attention of Houstonians and then the larger rap internet, you could imagine there was some static. Yeah. And we should specify that Song Psych is hosted by a young woman named Dev Lemons, who's a white girl. And Dev Lemons is a critic who she has more of a sort of music nerd vibe, frankly. You know, like, um, it's sort of music science is how I would describe a lot of the stuff from songs. That she takes music and sort of makes it math. Yeah. Yeah. It's how Adele's pregnancy affected her voice. Why does singing in a bathroom sound so cool? Why do we only hear bass from cars? Um, it's stuff like that interspersed with stuff that's about genre histories and, and musical styles and particular artists. And it just happens that she made a song psych video about slowed and reverb without 
a background knowledge in Chopped and Screwed. And yeah, so people got mad, as one does. Yeah, so the resounding response was, how dare you? There was a deluge of tweets, um, at least one Houston Chronicle blog about it. Uh, eventually, Lemons went on to Donnie Houston's podcast, where he actually gave her like a very patient lesson in screw music. And then she made another video about Sloan and Reverb properly crediting DJ Screw with being the first person to play 45 RPM records at 33 RPMs. And all is well that ends well, right? I mean, yeah, first of all, I want to say you said Donnie Houston gave Dav Lemons a lesson. And that makes it seem a little more, I think, I don't know, strict and confrontational than it was. I actually thought... Did I not say, did I not say that it was a patient lesson? No, it's patient. But even that is like, my mom gave me a patient lesson in... Okay, sorry. Not hiding my report card. Excuse me. I'm right. Like, are you... I'm sorry. Are you nitpicking my word choice? (laughs) Of course the thing was like, yes, it was... Downright friendly, which is it that was, was downright, that a better character? Yeah, it was. Is a, that a better characterization? I think it was a generational bridge. I felt like it was a sort of <laughs> felt like a gap was being bridged. Yeah, that's it true. Felt, it, it is true. It felt like a it sort of true. peace accord. It felt like she actually went into the interview with Donnie Houston with a real sense of wanting to know know more about DJ Screw. You know what I mean? And he yeah. went into the interview with a sense of, oh yeah, it's kind of irritating that you 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 did this music content, you have this channel that's popular and where you, you know, sort of assume a certain level of musical knowledge and you didn't know that. But I'm not going to come at you with some sort of hip hop gatekeeper or something. Like It just felt, I don't know. We've both listened to music long enough to have had, you know, encounters with people who know more than us, but who come at us with a sense of like wanting to lecture you about some shit that you don't need to be lectured about because it's music. And that's the thing. Yeah, the interview sure. was like, it was it was better than that. It was more like what music culture is supposed to actually be about, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, because you learn from, like, it's not like you <laughs> just walk into the world knowing about all this stuff anyway. You learn from patient teachers, which yeah. is why I said patient lesson, okay. Charity. Okay. There is, I think, and I want to say this out loud so I don't, so you hear it and that I, you can remind me that I said it later, which is like, if you're participating, you're like a person that participates in culture, there's like always going to be some part of you that feels like a weird twinge when you see something you love in quote unquote mm-hmm. careless hands. Mm-hmm. In careless, yeah, especially when it's like in careless hands by someone who is otherwise sort of making a similar kind of um it's one thing that's in careless hands i mean it's already irritating when it's just some person who doesn't know what they're talking about but then it's the added thing of like oh this person has like a music content channel right i feel like that's the yeah thing. it's like this person yeah. oh this person is a an aspiring expert and yet she doesn't she doesn't know who like dj screw it yeah like that is like it's not the same thing as like seeing kids on tiktok adding a bunch of different like adding pages plural of dance steps to pop lock and drop it like because or we're saying like you know i've never heard semi-charm kind of life or whatever because this means that you know random person out there wherever you are it doesn't really matter but this is representative of a structural problem i guess 
Is is that what we're saying? Maybe, although I might challenge you on the term structural a little bit. Because structural seems like that's ascribing a lot of power to this random white girl from Boston. No, 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 no. I don't mean like, I mean, representative of a larger problem in like music journalism, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, I look at the song psych videos and I like them because I, I do think that the basic idea is sound, right? It's it's that mm-hmm. it's kind of, you know, the editing adds some comedic beats to it, but it's it's otherwise this young woman doing music criticism on TikTok. And I take it seriously as music criticism. I think it's a young person's music criticism. You know, I think of my own writing that, yeah, there's, there's stuff that, you're, I don't know, you're always learning as a music critic. And the fact that this is happening on TikTok as opposed to on, you know, pitchfork I, I don't know it's music criticism and yeah you know frankly the format feels like it's influenced by something like i'm gonna feel bad saying this i looked at that video and i look at the editing and i think fantano i think anthony fantano <laughs> <laughs> just real quick basically fantano i think of fantano as a pivotal figure right in uh video music you know sort of work a day criticism but on youtube and in video format as opposed to yeah like music criticism pivoting to youtube so to speak right pivoting to video as it were and (laughs) critics have a lot of you know i think writerly critics have a lot of problems with fantano fantano sort of represent you know he does a lot of different genres of music but his most popular stuff is rap reviews but he's sort of fantano sometimes reviews rap music in the manner of like, if your dentist reviewed rap albums, frankly, that's my sort of <laughs> generous reading. If of your Fantano. dentist, if your if your dentist reviewed rap albums, and um, you know, then you know, made a point in each review to talk about how little you've been flossing. Yeah, totally. Like, totally. or yeah, yeah, your 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 poor eating habits. Yeah. Not the biggest fan of Fantano as a critic, but I think he's very important in terms of criticism in general, adapting to web video. And so I look at someone, you know, I look at Dev Lemons and I think she's an improvement upon, I think, what someone like Fantano offers. Even as she's she's restricted to a format where videos are much shorter than a Fantano video, which is, you know, 15 minutes long or whatever. Because, I mean, like, yeah, it's like a little bit like when you're watching a, a Fantano. There's just a certain overconfidence to it. And it's, like, just... Oppressive? You it's just more... Oppressive. It's just... I think it's just more aggressive. Than, yeah. I mean, like, it's just... It's 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 softer. Like, the... The, the song psych videos all, tend to be softer around the edges. Like, you know, there's a kind of... There's confidence. Not, it's not arrogance, though. It's not really... There, yeah, there you go. There you go. It's not arrogance. Right. I at least look at Dev Lemon's curiosity in the podcast interview and in, in Song Psych, and I think I get her intentions, and I get that she cares about her craft, and it feels a little silly because it's happening on TikTok. But, dog, if I'm going to be in a world where I got to figure out the legacy of DJ Screw, I'd rather do it with Dev Lemon's than with Anthony Fantano. So this feels like some sort of progress. <laughs> Well, yeah, sure. And that, I mean, like, there was... You, oh, you mean in that she aired, was called on it, and then adjusted publicly, and was very cool with not knowing something? 
Yeah, and that she was very cool with the idea of, oh, now I'm going to learn something. Oh, I'm going to get into some music that I didn't know about before, and this shit is going to be great. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is definitely a... It is a good disposition to take up when you are, like, going into, I guess, the world of music criticism, because... You know, there's just so much music. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much music, and there's so many people with such strong, to the point of being personal defensive. attachments to it. Yeah, yeah. and like strong defensive attachments, attachments to it. it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I mean, like, why would we go do music criticism on TikTok when we could just do it on this podcast? I mean, that's real. That's a good point. How many platforms do we even need? I mean, damn. We build it four more new towers. You want to play some? You want to play some? Uh, slow and reverb. What you want to play, Micah? What are we playing next for the listeners? Play a little Drake Jungle Slowed and Reverb for the people. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Micah, earlier you called uh, slowed and reverbed. You you called it gentrified screw music. I was I I was I I cannot claim that I was borrowing from the refrain of voices on the internet. Uh, that was the easy line on it. But the thing is that, like, if I'm being a hundred percent truthful, the experience of listening to slow to reverb is like necessarily different from listening to chop and screw music i mean I would although hope it's so. also sort of the same yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um because i mean yeah gentrified screw music sounds like such a diss but the argument for all 21st century genres of music is it's a vibe regardless it's, yeah it's a yeah it's a vibe it's a gentrified version of something nevertheless it is a vibe nevertheless it was a vibe Talk talk a bit about this. Okay, so what do you mean? It's a distinct. I mean, experience. like, okay, so let's start with say how difficult it is to make one of these songs. Like making a chopped and screwed song, and Slater said this himself, like requires actual skill. Like it's you can't actually make screw music. It's not it's technically not screw music if screw didn't make it. So like OG Ron C has yeah. chop not slop records, yeah. Slim K has Slim K slowdowns like there's it's but and to actually make the chops in a screwed record is like it's difficult <laughs> like it's it requires like precision <laughs> yeah and slowed and reverb is more or less exactly that which is you take a moody popular song and slow it to about 85% of its original tempo to render it extra moody and then you slap an even moodier animation on it uh 
like typically vintage Japanese anime. Right. You you know I love nothing more than anime aesthetics. Yeah, I mean like it scratches like a very specific itch. Um I I mean like listening to say my mind went blank, which is uh like on one of one of the screw tapes. It's like that's like sailing a choppy sea of Walkhart. <laughs> Drake Jungle slowed and reverb is like well, exactly what's happening in the video, which is like watching heavy fall rain interrupted by a windshield wiper. And it's like they're both made to be absorbed passively and in bulk. But there is I mean, it's kind of like we were saying before, there's just there's something distinctly and uniquely internet sad boy or sad girl about it. Yeah, it feels like it's all calling out to the idea of a rainy day in a Miyazaki movie. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I was listening to right before we hopped on here was the slow to reverb version of No Idea by Don Tolliver. And you know what the animation was? It was Shinji listening to his tape recorder face down the bed with a pillow over his head. Naturally. 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 Of course. Naturally. Of course. Of course that's what it was. But like Again, it's like a, it's also another thing that is um, just very 21st century and internet and in that due to copyright law, because the users that are creating these videos don't own the rights to any of the media, the mixes can only really exist on YouTube. Like they come and pop up in like SoundCloud mixes occasionally, you know, but those are then removed in several days time due to DMCA violations or whatever. So it's kind of like these weird, like so did reverb mixes live like these strange transient lifestyles on the internet. One thing I would make as a hard distinction between chopped and screwed and slowed and reverbed, and a, and a lot of sort of hyper modern YouTube music <laughs> basically is um, you, you're not trying to sit and study to a screw tape. I mean, maybe people are. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But there's something. I have. There, yeah, there's something about. There's something, I didn't do well after I did that, though. <laughs> yeah. There's something about slowed and reverb that feels like it's a bit more. I don't know. Like it doesn't. It's act smooth up around the edges. Yeah. Even if yeah. you're sampling it's, 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 like, it's just like it's frictionless. It's very calming. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> it's in the same. Uh, like it's slowed remixes typically pop up on the 24 hour live channels where it's like lo-fi chill hip hop beats to study to. Totally. But I guess the thing too is that it's not like, it's not like Zoomers on TikTok are the first people who ever thought, you know, wouldn't it be nice if music was chill? You know what I mean? I think they, I guess my question (laughs) in a lot of this is even if the, it feels like the visual style and the musical style is, as you say, internet sad boy, internet sad girl vibes. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I do, I do struggle a bit to connect that sort of description with the idea that that makes it sound distinctly gentrified <laughs> compared to screw music. Like, I think it's actually kind of hard to hit on why gentrified is the way to think of it. So, I mean, like, you say gentrified because 
And that, like, you know, you do say it pejoratively, obviously, because of, like, the ahistoricism of the trend isn't exactly the issue. It's more like it's a thinly veiled issue that the thing exists at all. And really, it's because, like, the first thing you feel, I guess, when you see a video like that one come across a timeline where it's just kind of like slowed and reverb is the first time anybody's ever thought to scratch records at slow speeds. You're just like, it's the sensation of seeing a thing that you love in careless hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also do think in part it, and we gonna get into some gatekeeper language, but <laughs> I, I just, I do feel like really it's a distinction being made between music that, you know, screw music, which had to sort of matriculate into its sort of current high critical standing versus music that at the onset feels like it was made for nice white kids to find fashionable. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that's actually yeah. what's happening, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is, you know, oh, wow. That is direct hit, brother. <laughs> but to be clear, like the audience for it includes lots of different kinds of people. You know what I mean? And it, I mean, Slater is black. I'm not, I'm not saying yeah, that this yeah, is a Slater's whitewashing black. of rap music and all black music or something. I think there's a difference between making this sort of blow up about a white girl from Boston not knowing who DJ Screw was, a quote unquote race issue versus it being a sort of, I don't know, it, it feels a bit trickier and thornier than that. It feels like it's really just, it, it, there's like weird class elements to it. There is just something to the fact of like. It's not as simple as, you know, it might have looked at first blush over the weekend is what is the point that we're trying to get to, which is that, yeah, there, it does kind of the argument does break down along like class lines, generational lines like Slater himself described slowed and reverb as a way to carry the sensibilities of chop and screw music to a wider audience was i mean like me and sanding down the edges of it totally and slapping again decontextualize animation on top of it you know what i mean um, yeah and you know i think something like hip-hop that's hip-hop is always going to be tough to have these conversations about you're talking about a genre of music that's born of sampling you know what i mean yeah every phase of, of people feeling a sort of angst about you know, basically questions of hip-hop and critical credit, right? Yeah. And, oh, this person took this element of hip-hop and did something with it. It's it's always just sort of confounded by the fact that that's... Hip-hop is literally taking... I mean, at least initially, right? Like, hip-hop is taking disco and R&B records and saying, nah, let me hold that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is, like, something that is inherent to hip-hop. Uh you know, what makes it so innovative and what pushes it forward. But also, like, this is, like, such a common argument amongst hip-hop fans that, like, it's an accepted part of, like, being part of the fan subculture. Which is that, like, there are always going to be people that are like, no, you can't touch the ignorant shit beat. No, you can't touch Spodioti Dopalicious no, you can't do that with this song when that is like the entire spirit of the genre. Absolutely. At the same time, don't touch Spodioti Dopalicious. You know what, Erica? Let's, can, we, can we hear some of that, please?
Michael, we joke about age on this podcast. It, you you sound old as shit right now, the way you arguing <laughs> about Outkast and DJ Screw. You you make it sound like the age difference between you and Dev Lemons is like 20 years. What's going on? What what is what generational pronouncement are you making about this poor young Zoomer girl on TikTok? You know, you old ass black man from Baton Rouge. (laughs) (laughs) Spiritually, I'm 73 now. So I'm I have actually been waiting on the day that I've finally become the curmudgeon that shakes his fist at everything the kids are doing. But I regret to inform you that I actually don't think it's here yet. I mean, like, I'm definitely older than I used to be, but I'm not like old yet. I mean, for instance, like Drake teases his like certified lover boy. (laughs) <laughs> his the album next Drake out. album as fast as the next Drake album but like by posting to his Instagram story like this picture where he's wearing like these faded out shades and like a velvet bomber and has like a heart shaped part in his hair and like I'm definitely too old to be doing that however I'm also suspicious that I'm too young to be this jaded I mean, but like, I feel like it's a government. Pl- I feel like this is a coin sell pro thing. The way that that generation. <laughs> no, but hear me out on this because I'm sick of this shit. The the whole the whole trend toward narrowing generational distinctions, right? Like, there's what a ten year distinction between millennials and Zoomers. I feel like this is all just sowing division in the millennial and Zoomer communities. Because I don't... Like, that's the thing. The thing about everybody, Gen X and onward, all these generations being cut into smaller and smaller slices, it creates these weird tensions, right? Where we, we share, you know, a genre of music in common, right? And yet, they're, you know... Or we we share social media platforms in common. And yet... Critically, people are trying to enforce these super hard distinctions between, you know, what it means for a millennial to talk about and listen to rap music versus a Zoomer or what it means for a millennial to use social media as opposed to a Zoomer on TikTok. Like, it feels like these distinctions are a little too fine after a point. Well, and the thing is, is that they're they're too fine and also they're... I mean, not entirely accurate because there's not even like homogeneity in between like the generations that you're talking about. Like, I mean, like we were saying before, like there's a weird sort of class thing going on with the slowed reverb thing as well. Um, yeah, because I mean, there's there are rich zoomers and there are not so rich zoomers the same way that not everyone is a flat broke millennial. Totally. And that's sort of why at the, the top of the episode I harped on, you know, the Donnie Houston interview with Dan Lemons about DJ Screw, right? It's because it felt like this, it felt like they were both sitting down together and agreeing that this is all kind of, this sort of generational tension is is kind of overplayed in a general sense and that there's not some knockdown drag out like Gen Xer versus millennial versus zoomer outlook on hip-hop it's just a matter of some people are younger than others and the younger you are the more music you still got left to consume in your life you know what i mean it's like i don't know there's something about you know yeah there's something that connects that to you know whatever the the media like 
apparatuses that gets people to ask new rappers questions about Pac and Biggie, like O3 Greedo. Like, you know that that if you ask O3 Greedo about Pac, he's going to say something that is then going to give you a viral video. Totally. Yeah. There's a certain element of like, you know, it's a certain amount of it is like deliberate. I think there's like some kayfabe to it. No, absolutely. And yeah, I think it's it's play fighting with your cousin, right? Like that that yeah. is what intergenerational interactions in a fan context or critical context looks like to me. It's the older cousin and a younger cousin. And you know, the younger cousin gets roughed up a little bit more than the older cousin does. But it's it's play fighting. Not if the younger cousin has a longer reach and is more agile. Why are you threatening me? I'm not threatening you. I'm just stating facts. Okay. All right. <laughs> I guess following this story, the thing about it that feels too perfect and, and frankly too annoying to me, right, is that this is a story about a TikTok personality who said something wrong in a very millennial versus Zoomers context, right? And I kind of hate I'm not going to lie. I kind of hate how TikTok has become. It's become the avatar of the idea that Zoomers are somehow fundamentally different from millennials and that they are they are cosmically at odds with millennials. And I just it just seems dumb as hell to me. Right. And it seems like there's this weird. Well, I think it's a conflation of treating like. You know, we had Vine, dog. It's just Vine. TikTok yeah, is like, just yeah. Vine and Instagram. Like, there's a, it's just like there's a, there's a, there's a conflation of like, you know, Gen Z, like the unknowability of like teenagers yeah. and the unknowability of the platform. Because like, I mean, I don't have TikTok on my phone. You know, but I, I disagree. Really know. When you say the unknowability, like, I think that's what I'm getting at. Right? Is the sense that. People, people talk about TikTok like it's the Zoomer alien artifact, despite the fact that it's just Vine slash Instagram. And, and the unknown quality, like people, I think, you know, if you go to media people, right, if you go to a tech columnist, people in 2020 AD will say things about the unknowability and the techno optimism of TikTok that were just the exact same things that people said yeah. about Twitter in 2010 and social media in 2010. That's the thing. The un, the idea of there being this sort of this unknowability entire rash and, of I'm telling you about this entire rash of pieces where people were talking about generation TikTok and people discovering in the air tonight and this that and the other thing is just a, a case of like having your nose too close to the page. Yeah, it is. It is that. Like totally. I mean, in the same way that you know Lyft decided that they were going to have joint rides and created the city bus. We have come back around <laughs> to marvel at TikTok, which is just fine again. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's this sort of framing that Zoomers inhabit their own techno utopia and that they're the ones who figured out all the algorithms and they're the ones and they have this very, very distinct culture from millennials and they have the, these platforms that millennials don't understand. And the dark, awful truth is just that like, Yo, in the in the age of the internet, we kind of all breathe the same air and inhabit the same culture and like the same thing that happened to Vine 
and Twitter is the shit that's going to happen to TikTok, right? Which is it's either going to uh, fold as a company and or it's going to be a nightmare dystopia that is not going to deliver any of the hyper-optimistic social going to be? revolutionary <laughs> potential that is being ascribed to it in its first years of existence. I just spoiled everything for Zoomers. I'm sorry. But the good news is we can listen to DJ screw tapes together. Congratulations. That's what we get. We're in the same shit. That's that's what I take away from this. We're in the same I mean, shit. We are in the same shit. We just, are the we're same all in the same culture. There's no Zoomer culture. It's just Millennial Plus. Y'all got the Millennial Plus subscription. Y'all can <laughs> listen to DJ Screw like the rest of us. You can listen to DJ Screw with the rest of us and, you know, watch the newest Beyonce film. And we can we can all just be lost together. This was is is fine. It's whatever. I don't like the divisions, Micah. <laughs> I want that Donnie Houston Dev Lemons energy. No, no more divisions. Oh, are you are you all about peace and love now? You you don't care about being the bad guy anymore. All you got is love in your heart. And vaporwave. <laughs> we can go out on some vaporwave. We can play some Macross eighty two ninety nine. This is sound only. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Our producer, Erica Cervantes, puts up with a lot. That's why we love her so much. You know, it's fine. You know, I like we're we're trying our best. We really are. Let's play some vaporwave. Let's get out of here. <laughs>